I would really recommend to consumers, whether they're buyers, sellers, whoever, you really need to look at what the future can bring and really assess if you really want to waive any of those contingencies because you will have to suffer the consequences. Consumer habits are changing, and professionals in every industry are reevaluating how they interact and educate buyers. The title industry has struggled to communicate its value directly to consumers for some time, choosing instead to rely more on relationships with real estate agents and lenders involved in the transaction. But some title professionals are rethinking how to navigate those conversations with consumers. I spoke with Linda Grahovac and Andy Bolin, two industry experts in education and marketing, and we discussed their involvement in the American Land Title Association's Homeowner Outreach Program and how agents can take more control over important conversations with consumers. I'm Amanda Farrell, and this is Title Talks. Thank you so much, both of you, for you know taking time uh, to talk about title insurance and what that means for home buyers. And I understand that you're both a part of the HOP program. So do you, maybe, uh, Linda, you want to start with your role within the HOP program and what you do there and, and what it is? Sure. HOP is the Homeowner Outreach Program. We're, we're essentially consumer marketing. So we started out as just calling it HOP, and it was part of a HOP committee. But we kind of changed our focus, even though all the materials reflect consumer marketing. So what we try to do with regards to consumer marketing, and it's powered by HOP, meaning all of the materials that were created, all the ads, all the social media, all the presentations, all the training, all the learning. What we do is we facilitate the ability for companies to talk about what we do, tell our story, not only to the companies that we represent, and the customers we represent, like the agents, but also the consumer. Because we feel that right now, it is essential for the consumer to understand what we do, how we do it, why we do it. And quite frankly, our industry hasn't been able to tell our story in understandable ways in many, many years. So we're trying to drill it down to make sure that the consumer knows what this product is, what they're paying for, why they should have it, and why it's important. And Andy, can you discuss a little bit about what you do at the HOP program, why you joined it, and you know, from your perspective as someone who, like you said, boots on the ground in the title industry, the value that you feel like this kind of program brings to the consumer? The value is tremendous. We have a marketing budget, and so we help leverage that expense by providing the materials that they can use to then educate the consumer rather than having to recreate the wheel. Um, I joined this committee because I know um, how important it is for us to educate buyers on what they're purchasing. We have a commodity that no one ever sees until after the entire transaction is closed. And then you get your policy afterwards. And that's the whole purpose of what title insurance does. So we have to tell our story in advance to show them and be advocates for ourselves in order for them to understand why they have this line item at closing and what the value is to them to have this expense. And uh, like Linda said, we haven't done that enough for ourselves as an industry that we really need to have as many people focused on education in this 
field and in this area so that they know exactly what we do and why we do it. And I want to I want to dovetail on that because about 35 years ago, I started in real estate transaction services. I started as a real estate broker. So I sold real estate for eight years full time. And then I went to work for a law firm as a real estate paralegal. When I went into the title side of the industry, the first thing I asked was, well, why aren't we advertising? You know, realtors advertise about their you know services all the time. Attorneys advertise what they do all the time, but the title industry, you never see, you know, billboards about title insurance, right? Or ads about it. And pretty much my managers laughed at me like, well, we would never advertise what we do because nobody understands it. And we just don't want to even try to explain it. So that was a rude awakening for me because the consumer knows what an attorney does, or at least they think they do. And they kind of know what a realtor does. But when it comes to the closing services and title insurance, they they just they have no idea and they trust what their realtor is telling them and they trust what their attorney is telling them. It makes sense to want to control a narrative from the industry experts that are providing that service versus expecting other people within the real estate transaction to explain what it is that you're doing because they might not have a full understanding or they might not be able to communicate it in as clear of a way that you linda or andy could as people who you know have done this work and have a, a much deeper understanding of it so you know when you meet someone and you're at a party or whatever it might be you know <laughs> pre-covid or or whatever um when you're discussing you know what it is that you do how do you describe your role in the real estate transaction that that's a really really good question and andy and i have talked about this at almost every committee meeting but what i used to say i did was i was part of real estate transaction services but unfortunately, when you say you're real estate transaction services, they either instantly think you're a real estate agent or they just think you're a closing officer. So what I what I always tell people is that when they ask me what what I do is I say, well, I move thousands of documents and millions of dollars every single day safely and securely, because if I don't say it like that, if I say the words title or I say the word insurance, they're they're not going to understand what we do. So in very simple terms, I move documents and money. And I always hope for that second question, like, oh, really? Tell me more. <laughs> so Andy, can you tell me then, you know, how do how do you describe your your role within title or the title agent's role in general? Like Linda said, we have discussed this so many times in our committee meetings and kind of attempting to wrap our heads around what a 15 second elevator or two second sentence about what it is that we do. For a long time, we said that we, we were in the protection business and we um, gave you peace of mind, gave homeowners peace of mind when they purchased property. And yet they still didn't understand um, what that meant because a lot of them think that we still are just homeowners insurance and we are protecting their house. So for me, when people ask what I do in this role, 
I say I, I help agents facilitate home buyers, the product that allows them to feel safe in, in their largest asset. So essentially, like taking out all of those big words, is that the most money that you're ever going to spend, I help protect that, that asset. And that's what I'll tell people really quick. I'm in the asset protection business. And like Linda said, I'm hoping they say, okay, tell me more about that. And then I'll share a little bit more about what that means. In our consumer marketing powered by HOP, we also have a section called Bite Snack Meal, where we talk about this. What is your bite? What is your snack? What is your meal? So my bite is, you know, moving the thousands of documents and millions of dollars a day. The snack is, well, I am there for the transaction from beginning to end. I take the transaction from the realtor or from the attorney. We, we order a search on your property. We make sure things are clear. We get to your closing. We collect money. We distribute money. And at the end of the process, you get what's called a title policy. That's usually where we lose people is right there. Because when you say policy, like Andy mentioned, homeowner's insurance, people think it's some sort of homeowner's insurance policy. But right away, I'll say, I don't want you to confuse all these other lines of insurance, like life insurance or homeowner's insurance, with title insurance, because title insurance insures the past. All other lines of insurance insure the future. And when you insure the future, you have an annual premium. When you insure the past with, with our title policy, it's a one-time premium for that closing for as long as you're there. So that's kind of like my bite, snack, and my meal. What's interesting to us in the industry isn't always interesting to those outside of it. So what are some of the ways that you help empower consumers to educate themselves? Uh, that's another really good question because it really depends on the day and the time. Every year it's going to be a different focus because there are certain things that can happen in a transaction that may be cyclical or it may be whatever you know, bad thing that's happening out there du jour. Like right now it's wire diversion. So there's a lot of education that we provide. So it really depends on when it is. But if I'm, if I'm thinking about or talking about title insurance or escrow closings in general, uh, the best way to educate consumers is where they're looking for the information. It used to be when I started in real estate where you know, if somebody woke up in the middle of the night, a buyer and, and thought, hey, okay, we're ready to buy a house. They would the following morning, pick up the phone and call their friendly realtor, or they'll find out from their parents who, what realtor did you use and call them. But you know, that's so different right now. Right now, someone gets up in the middle of the night and says, oh, oh we're ready to buy a home. Well, at 3am, they're Googling it. You know, how do I buy my first house? Who's the best realtor in the neighborhood? how much are closing costs going to be? So in order to educate the consumer, we have to put information where they are into their search engines. So we have to talk about the closing process. We have to talk about certain areas and geography and put, that, put those items in our social media accounts, in our digital marketing plans, information on our website. So it's searchable for the consumer. So right now, the best way to empower consumers uh, to educate themselves is get the information out there in language they understand, which is exactly what the Homeowner Outreach Program does. And that's why it is part of consumer marketing. 
It is the platform that we have. It's social media posts that have everything boiled down to the essential pieces and easily understood and easily searchable, whether it be social posts, blogs, uh, presentations, flyers, uh, the importance of what we do and how we do it, including being able to provide not only things to the consumer, but also to agents' customers like the realtor or their lender customers or their attorney customers. Jumping off of what Linda was saying there about marketing to the consumer, what are some of the you know key pieces that you feel like have really been helpful to professionals to share their story to the consumer and market what they do better? Pop has done an amazing job with creating all different types of materials that the agent can use when sharing with, when the title agent can use to share with real estate agents and with consumers directly. And that's anywhere from like the ABCs of what title insurance is, how we protect you, what to look for, and just like have the conversation and the difference between what title insurance is, again, going back to what Linda said earlier, versus the other lines of insurance. And what's great is title agents, have, like I said before, that don't have a marketing budget can take these materials and customize them that they can use them um, and put them out on their own social media and use them for their own marketing with their logo and their information on it. So it makes that we need them to be the expert in their field. And this allows them that tool to showcase their expertise in the market. Awesome. Yeah. And Andy, I'm wondering too, you know, Linda mentioned, uh, I don't know, if you were still on the call or if you had dropped off. But at one point, we, we were talking about empowering your consumer to educate themselves. And she mentioned cybersecurity. And so I was wondering if there was any particular story right now that you feel like is really important to relay to consumers. I want, um, I like to use this adage that I heard a long time ago, uh, that you measure twice and you cut once. And I like to relay that to what's happening right now, one with um, cybersecurity and two with the continuing wire issues that we're having in our business is that one, we want to get to, to the consumer as quickly as possible. Like the very first conversation you should have when, when somebody brings you a title order um, or a contract is the conversation in regards to what your security practices are at your company and to, to warn them about. Um, the instances of, of wire fraud. If you, the more that you do that, and that's when I say that you measure twice because you're going to have that conversation with them in the very beginning. You're going to have that conversation with them again in the middle. You're going to have that conversation again with them when it gets close to when the money actually needs to start moving. And that way, they're only sending the wire once instead of having to track a wire and then resend it. So I will tell you that experience at the title agency that I was at where somebody received an email that said, if you send your, your cash for closing three days in advance, we will give you a discount. And although the conversations were had, the real estate agent had had the conversations with the consumer, the consumer sent that wire. Luckily, we told them that part of our process was they need to call us the same day that they send the wire so that we can verify the funds in our account. They did make that phone call to us after they sent the wire and we were, we were able to recover those funds. So it's just a matter of not letting that conversation, even though we've had it 
multiple times and we feel like broken records repeating that information, this particular buyer, this is a first time transaction for them. So we have to look at it through their fresh lens rather than our lens of we've been dealing with this for a few years now. So we get kind of lost in that monotony and the mundaneness of like having the conversation. Yeah, I think that's something really important to remember, you know, how you're doing this day in, day out. You understand the risks, you know, the precautions to take, you know, the red flags to spot. But for first time home buyers with the overwhelming amount of information that they are constantly being exposed to, it's not something that they're always going to know right away. What do you think is important for the real estate agent to know? And should the real estate agent be a part of that conversation about title insurance and those costs that they'll see on the closing disclosure? What do you think the real estate agent needs to know and should be communicating? Or do you want title agents to take more control over that conversation? Well, it's it's kind of twofold. If the title agent has a good relationship with their customer, meaning the realtor, they should have that discussion. You know, do you want me to take over the discussion and educate your consumer or do you want to? You know, a real estate agent does a lot in the transaction. And I obviously I know that firsthand because I used to do them. And most realtors, though, don't have the time to educate themselves on these other products, meaning title insurance, closing services, attorney services, home inspections, appraisals. They can't be an expert at everything. Should a realtor at least know the basics? Absolutely. But when it comes to the details, I would really recommend that the realtor goes to their friendly title agent company and gets that information directly from them and puts them in contact with them. You know, whenever a contract is executed, there's going to be all the information with regards to who's closing the deal, if there's attorneys, who the lenders are. You might as well have the people with the most experience explain to their client, which is the consumer, exactly what you do. Uh, But again, if you have a great relationship with the realtor, have that discussion with them. You know, where do you want me to come into the conversation or do you not want me to come into the conversation? And I'll just give you all the information to provide to your client. And Andy, what are your thoughts on that? I agree with everything that Linda said. There are many real estate agents that have been in this industry for a long time who still really can't explain what we do. So it's best that they just turn that over to their trusted title company and allow them to have that conversation. Now, for the real estate agents that do understand and value what title insurance is and the purpose of title insurance, 100%. They want to be the expert in all aspects of the real estate transaction. So let them take the lead. And yet, if they're not sure, I would always suggest just turn that over. Let us have that conversation of what our value is and that purpose. And then that frees up the real estate agent to go, you know, get the next listing, go put a contract on the next house. Let us leverage some of that explanation for them. And what are some of the tools or information that the title agent, title industry, and programs like HOP as well What are some of those things that can be provided to real estate agents to help make that conversation easier for them? There are flyers, there are brochures, there are PowerPoint presentations. 
Uh, there's, I, I mean, it's everything. Social media posts. So if a realtor wants just a, you know, a quick flyer or brochure that they could put in their listing packet or their buyer packet, it'll be there. Uh, or if they want to do a full-on like first-time home buyer program and they want to do a PowerPoint presentation with regards to this segment of the business, we can provide that to them as well. I would say that the that you have to be concise with the information that you're putting out as a title agent because it is easy for us to overwhelm those that are not in the industry with too many flyers and too many pieces of paper. So understand the audience or whomever you're giving that information to, and then make sure that that information is concise. Because we all know if we get one piece of paper, we'll read it. If we get five, we may not. Yeah. And also maybe considering, you know, how can that information be broken down into bite-sized pieces, more digestible for the homeowner at different stages. So they're getting the right information at the right time and it makes sense to them. And it's not a flood of information all at once. So true because, you know, at one part of the transaction in the very beginning transaction, if you tell a buyer about, Oh, you don't want to get robbed on the way to your closing. And you talk about, you know, wire fraud or wire diversion, they're not even going to think about it because they haven't even bought the house yet. So you have to have that conversation right before they're closing when it's right at the top of their mind because their closing's coming up. So you're definitely right, Amanda. It's got to be at the right time. And, and Andy is so right that it's the keep it simple rule, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think it's such an important part of the process is to not end the closing at the table when it closes and funds. Part of the process should be following up with the client, the consumer, after closing when that policy has been released to confirm that they've received it and ask them if they have any questions. Because again, that's our product. That's the whole purpose we exist is for that policy. So if we follow up with them after they do go through the process, one, it gives us an opportunity to see how the process and the experience was for them. We can provide that feedback back to the real estate agent if there is feedback in that regard, or just to better ourselves in our industry about what the process will look like from the consumer spot, but always to verify that they received that policy. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I haven't really heard very many people talk about that in the, in, in the industry is following up after the policy has been issued and being able to answer those questions that a lot of homeowners might have, especially the ones that are more savvy and are educating themselves, are reading information online and trying to sort of navigate, well, what comes next? Is there you know, should I be concerned about all those flyers that they're getting in the mail because people are trying to sell them products that they don't necessarily really need? So maybe title agents can also help navigate that as well. You're absolutely right. That is one of the, my favorite things I used to remind buyers at the closing table was when you receive mail that says from whatever source that says, please pay us $125, we'll get you the original copy of your warranty deed and your deed of trust. I'm like, please do not send them any money, just contact us. So that would give us a perfect opportunity to follow up with them again, to make sure that consumers aren't seeing those pieces of mail come in that aren't really about the transaction and just people attempting to scam them out of some extra dollars after this process is all over. 
And so you both know the the current market is insane right now. Home home buyer demand is huge and prices are going through the roof and you know there's just not enough inventory to meet the demand. And so I've been reading a lot about people waiving contingencies in order to win a bid and I was curious what your thoughts are on that. I would love to address that one. So I'm going to I'm going to answer that not as, you know, Linda Kerhovic from the FNF family of companies, but just myself and my experience. Any home buyer should never, truly never waive contingencies to win a bid because some of the contingencies are there for a reason. Number one, you have a financing contingency. Well, you don't want to waive that because if you need financing and in order to consummate the purchase, you are going to lose your earnest money if you cannot get that mortgage in time to meet that contract. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is, you know, I'm giving my, I don't want to say opinion, I'm giving my professional advice, not as the FNF family of companies, is because these are contractual issues between a buyer and a seller and the realtors that, you know, put together the contracts and the attorneys that review these contracts. You also can have other contingencies on a contract. One of them can be a pest inspection or a home inspection. Now, that's another contingency that a buyer really should not waive because if you're a first-time home buyer or even if you're a fourth-time home buyer, you should know what you're purchasing. I mean, just you don't have an Amazon return policy with a home. You can't just buy it and return it. So if you get into a house and then you find out it's structurally not sound, you may not have paid X amount of dollars for it. And the only way you may have known about that is having a home inspection. So I would definitely recommend never waiving, you know, home uh, inspection contingency. Now, there could be other contingencies, maybe like a pest inspection. There could be an attorney's review contingencies. I would really recommend to consumers, whether they're buyers, sellers, whoever, you really need to look at what the future can bring and really assess if you really want to waive any of those contingencies because you will have to suffer the consequences if something happens. The other thing, you know, you say that this is an insane market. Well, it is. And part of the insane market is that now there are a lot of homes that would maybe be very difficult to sell in a normal market for whatever reason. And now might be an opportunity for potential sellers to sell those properties. And maybe there could be some hidden damage to properties or something that would prohibit the normal sale. So again, because the market is insane, that's why you shouldn't remove those contingencies. And I know that's very difficult when there's 15 buyers for every house in some markets. So I know it's, I know it's tough. And then I know you, you had asked about, you know, how does that affect the quality of a title policy? Well, I will tell you that waiving contingencies in a real estate contract that's between the buyer and the seller has nothing to do with the quality of a title insurance policy. So any buyer who gets a title insurance policy thinking that it's somehow some sort of insurance for something that goes wrong 
inside the home, unfortunately, is not accurate. I'll get off my soapbox, Amanda. (laughs) No, I, I love your brute honesty there. I think that's something really important to tell people and to be direct about it. I I find it concerning reading all these stories of people waiving those contingencies and then getting into the home and realizing that there's some major issues, major problems. And so Andy, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, what what are your thoughts on the waiving of the contingencies and you know how it affects title policies. I think when I, when I was you know thinking of these questions, something that came into my mind is skipping you know like a land survey or any sort of issues that might come up with that. People assuming that because of the the natural boundaries or the fences that are around a property, they might think that they're buying more than they actually are. And so, what are your you know tips that you would give to buyers right now regarding? winning a bid versus being, you know, cautious and taking on risks that would be manageable? I am in the same boat as Linda, as a true advocate for this uh, industry and an advocate for people. Again, we're in the asset protection business. This is your asset. This is one of the most, if not the most expensive asset most people will ever own. It doesn't make sense for me um, to advise people to ever cut corners because you can't take it back, like Linda said. You you can't return it. Once it's yours, it's yours. There's there's no lemon program in the housing industry. So you want to save a a few hundred dollars and not get a brand new survey? I don't ever recommend that. I always recommend having a brand new survey. You want to, again, it's about protecting your assets. And when I was teaching classes in regards to title insurance, and and one of the questions I got asked most often was about the cost of a title policy. And again, as Linda stated, it's just a one-time fee, but I would have them pull out calculators and calculate the difference between the consumer's title policy and 30 years worth of health insurance that they pay for, or 30 years worth of car insurance that they pay for. And the difference on how one protects you versus how the other protects you. And I would still use that example today that I know it's a tough market. I know that there are uh, offers. At one point, I saw this, uh, an article with this home in the D.C. area. I've been on the market for two days and had 78 offers. And 90% of those were cash. So I can imagine things that people were, you know, the contingencies that they were waiving in order to win that. But at what detriment are you going to win that deal? It's risk and reward. How much are you willing to lose in order to win? Yeah, I think that's what it really comes down to is what your position is financially and how much you are willing to risk in order to get this home that you might really love and want. And so weighing those things is really important for home buyers right now. So during the transaction, what steps can title agents take to better educate consumers, you know, on the threat of wire fraud? And we, we talked a little bit about delivering the right message at the right time. So what are some of the strategies that you implement in order to communicate that clearly to buyers? And Linda, maybe you can take this question first. Sure. I'm going to go on the realtor side and I'll let Andy do it from the title side. Maybe that that'll help. If if I'm a real estate agent, you know, so that means prior to a title company, even knowing that this transaction is happening. And this is a recommendation that I have provided to many association of realtors is you get a buyer or a seller 
all right, you're going to have that customer now for several months, you know, anywhere from three to six months, right? Before they uh, put their home on the market, it gets staged, they sell it, you go to closing, or a buyer looking at several properties over several months, getting it and closing on it. What I recommend Realtors tell their customer or their clients is that, all right, you're going to be sending me information. I'm going to be sending you information back and forth through this whole time. I want you to be safe. I want to make sure that uh, you're not, your email's not going to get hacked. I want to make sure that your information and your data is kept private. I want to make sure that you don't get robbed, you know, on the way to your closing because wire instructions were tampered with. So I'm going to recommend to you that no matter what service you use, you know, Gmail, Yahoo, AOL, make sure that you set up uh, multi-factor authentication during the time we work together. If you have Google, you literally can just Google, how do I do multi-factor for my Google account? And this way, any email that you get, you have to put in a code or you have to put some kind of authentication that it's going through a firewall through Google. Same thing with Yahoo, same thing with a lot of other service providers. Once a transaction's done, then go back to you know no authentication or single authentication. This way, it protects that customer more. When it comes to title companies and lenders, we're very, very safe. We have firewalls. We have government guidelines that we have to adhere to. But when it comes to realtors and attorneys, Several realtors don't use their domains that they're afforded through their big companies. They like to use their Gmail accounts. They have all these personal relationships, and those accounts can be hacked. The FBI has said that. Realtors' accounts and attorney accounts are very vulnerable, along with buyers and sellers. So, like I said, my advice is to make sure you have multi-factor authentication on your email accounts so you lessen the possibility of any kind of cyber threat, data security breach, or possible wire diversion. And Andy, what's your advice to title agents, you know, trying to help navigate home buyers through the process of purchasing a home right now with the constant threat of cybersecurity? Communication, 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 and then some more communication. <laughs> you just have to continue to have the conversation and not get complacent in the fact that everyone has the same knowledge that you have. And what I mean, like I said, when that first when the order first comes in, communicate with the buyer about what your process is. Yes, you're going to send an email, but there is nothing like a phone call. And while most people don't pick up the phone to numbers they don't know, it does not hurt to leave a message just to make that information known with your voice, with just some, some simple security. This is who I am. I'm calling you in regards to this. I would love to have a conversation with you. We want to keep you safe. Yes, emails work great. Um, and yet, people get busy. I mean, you can... Pick 10 people that you know and ask them how many unopened emails they have in their inbox. Sometimes it makes me a little bit frightened. So the same thing happens to home buyers during this process. If they have emails coming in from all these different directions. And sometimes the, type, the email from the title company is the last one that they're going to open because, again, they really don't know what we do. So you have to communicate with them over and over again, the importance. And, and I will tell you that I've heard some people say, well, we don't have time to make that many phone calls. 
we don't have time. It's just, we're just so busy. I understand we're busy. The, the time that it's going to take to retrieve a diverted wire is going to be exponentially more time consuming than the phone call up front in the middle and towards the end to just be in communication with that consumer. And that is not the phone call we want to make to anybody or phone call we want to receive is from somebody saying, oh, we already wired that three days ago. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I'm curious, uh, is there any, you know, current or new software or technology out there that you can think of that, you know, either helps title agents manage that time better or whether it be, you know, through customer service, um, integrations with their title production software, or whether it be some sort of, you know, email marketing workflow that's set up to trigger certain communications at certain times. Is there anything, you know, in terms of automation or technology that you would recommend to title agents to help them continue that conversation and not necessarily, you know, have to pick up the phone each time or to manage that time better? Well, I first off, I recommend people lifting the phone uh, because then you know that you have a real person on the other line and you're able to verify that phone number and able to verify that person. Uh, if I was going to send out a wire transfer tomorrow or have a closing tomorrow, I would more so would rather be on the phone right now, do it the old fashioned way. But when it comes to your question about software, most title agents, uh, their business, their businesses and their title and closing software, they have some built in, a lot of built in safety measures. They have a lot of built in communication tools, uh, whether or not every company is utilizing everything that their own software companies have is another story. The software that comes to mind, like off the top of my head that can piggyback on to title production software is certified ID. And I know that they have been instrumental in like helping some agents who have been affected by that diversion process recover some of those funds. And yet, like Linda said, I am old school. Like this piece of me is always going to be old school or pick up the phone and do not rely on technology. Because the moment you get complacent, the technology is doing the job for you is the moment that you forget to check. And it's been that three days that a wire has been sent. Or, and if we're being transparent, Linda can agree, it's not just happening to consumer, it's it's happening to title agents as well. So those diversion tactics can be sent to title agents through payoffs and through other means that we're sending out wires as well. Everyone in the transaction needs to stay diligent and not rely on technology to be the solution to the problem. You're yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's it's more of a tool for enhancement and not replacement. And so just to wrap things up, I, I want to know a little bit more about after the closing, what are some things that buyers should be aware of in terms of, you know, what's going on with their paperwork that they signed? I don't think a lot of consumers really give it much of a second thought. And so is there anything that you would want to impart to a consumer after closing? Absolutely. The, the main thing is making sure that they understand 
that the file is not closed just because they've closed their transaction. Just because they've given their money and they have their keys doesn't mean that their financial file of the closing is closed. They, there should be a recorded deed that they will be waiting for, and either it's coming directly from maybe a title company or maybe it's coming from their attorney's office, and also a copy of their title policy will be coming. Once they at least get those couple documents, then they can officially close their file until they need to refer to it again. And just a quick follow-up to that as well, you know, say a homeowner does try to ensure that their deed is properly recorded and they notice that there's a misspelling or a typo or something like that, or if there is you know, someone who comes along and claims that they have the right to, you know, file a mechanics lien on the property. What's the best way for a consumer to handle this? Number one, they should call their title company that they closed at and ask those questions. Then they can either contact an attorney because any insurance policy, no matter what, it's a long, lengthy document. And we don't all understand all the particulars that are inside an insurance policy. So number one, go to the title company. Number two, go to a professional if you need to file a claim. If, if they call the title company, you know, where they closed and they don't get satisfaction, they should go to the underwriter, which means whoever is insuring that title policy, the name is right on there. It could be Stewart title. It could be Chicago title. It could be a number of different underwriters. That would be their second line of defense. If they're not getting answers, their real estate agent will reach out to the title company on their behalf because title companies typically have the relationship with the real estate agent and they want to keep that person happy. So that will be a third option for them is to contact their real estate agent and their real estate agent will be their advocate with the title company. They, yeah, they know where the place, because a lot of buyers and sellers don't even remember where they close their transactions. You know, they were so busy at that closing, they don't remember where they went or who they talked to. And a real estate agent or their attorney in the transaction will have all that information. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, you have a great rest of your day as well. Alta members can access consumer marketing materials by going to www.alta.org forward slash homeowner. You can also go to proplogics.com forward slash resource for blogs, videos, webinars, guides to download, and more podcasts to share with real estate agents, buyers, sellers, and your colleagues. Title Talks is produced by Proplogics and myself. Original music is by Cole Sando. Original graphics are by Jordan Norris. Until next time. Happy closings.